Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the job interview experience. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, and director of talent acquisition. Now I'm the founder of Candidate Club Interview Training and your host of the job interview experience. Today we're diving into emotional intelligence, which often gets overlooked, but plays a significant role in job interviews and careers. So whether you're attending interviews, climbing the corporate ladder, or collaborating with your team, this is an episode that you don't want to miss. Let's start with understanding what emotional intelligence, or EI, means. It's the ability to recognize, comprehend, and manage our own emotions, while also deciphering and affecting the emotions of others. Think of it as a secret sauce that can enhance your interpersonal skills. There's an emotional intelligence test that you can take online. I'll get to that later. But first, I'll say when I took this over a decade ago, I learned that my personal emotional intelligence score was not that high. It was maybe a little bit below average. I took the time to learn techniques and improve it. And I applied what I learned and it's better now. It can be done and it works. Here was my situation. I'm very good at reading people. I'm very good at reading people. Not just things like, oh, I can tell that person is lying. More of understanding people on a deeper level from just simple conversations. That skill has aided and helped me in enormous ways as an executive recruiter and throughout my career. However, when I talk to people, I found that I am taking in information, uncovering what's behind statements, and understanding that there's often underlying frustration or pain and more, a person with high emotional intelligence would respond to that with empathy, reaffirming statements, and more. What I was doing was taking information, processing it, and using that to understand the person instead of connecting with them. That realization made a huge impact for me, and I've simply learned to listen instead of process and form opinions. I just want to be honest here and say straight away that I am not covering emotional intelligence because I'm the greatest practitioner. 
Instead, I'm sharing this information because I'm the person that needs it most. I'm also proof that you can learn about emotional intelligence, apply it to your communication, and improve yourself and your relationships. So let's imagine that you're in a heated meeting or let's say a challenging job interview and you can sense the rising tension or someone's discomfort. Maybe a job interviewer challenges statements that you've made. Do you argue with them? Do you get defensive to make sure that you make your point? What would you do? Here's an example. So Sarah found herself in a meeting where her colleague, Tom, was visibly frustrated. Instead of confronting him aggressively or ignoring the situation, she tapped into her emotional intelligence. She acknowledged his feelings, which lowered the temperature in the room and made sure everyone's opinions were heard and valued instead of debated. And just like that, she navigated a potentially volatile situation with finesse. So how do you cultivate a method like this? I'm going to break it down here. So first, it's recognizing emotions. Recognizing your emotions is a first step to mastering emotional intelligence. It's like identifying a problem before finding a solution. So self-awareness tools, journaling is a powerful tool. When you jot down your feelings, you can identify recurring emotional patterns or triggers. Think of a time when you felt extremely nervous before a job interview. Journaling can help you pinpoint why. Meditation is another excellent method. By engaging in focused reflection, you can achieve clarity about your emotions, and it can be as simple as taking five minutes before an important task to center yourself. Meditating after a job interview is a great way to review and discover your own responses and reactions and come down from it a little bit. Maybe come to peace in terms with an interview that didn't go so well. And then there's introspection. So regular self-examination can help you understand your reactions and feelings in different situations. Why is recognizing emotions crucial? It affects our decision-making. Let's consider you're offered a challenging role in a different city. By understanding any underlying fears or biases that you have, like fear of change, fear of going somewhere where you don't have any friends. By understanding any underlying fears or biases, you can make a rational choice. Furthermore, in the realm of interpersonal relationships, recognizing emotions leads to clear communication. So let's say you're working in a team and someone's growing frustrated. Let's break this down. So first is recognition. You're attuned to the emotional climate in the room. This awareness enables you to pick up some subtle signs such as body language, tone of voice, or change in participation levels, indicating that a team member is becoming frustrated. So for example, your coworker, John, who's usually vocal and speaks, his mind has become quiet. And when he speaks, his comments are terse and you notice his body language is closed off. So the next is self-regulation. Before addressing John's frustration, check your own emotions. Ensure that you're in a calm and neutral state so you don't contribute to any potential conflict. You might feel a bit anxious about the upcoming deadline and John's change in behavior. You take a few deep breaths and remind yourself to approach the situation with understanding and patience. And then you apply empathy. 
to understand the root of John's frustration, put yourself in his shoes and see the situation from his perspective. This understanding will form how you address the issue. You recall that John was recently given additional responsibilities in another project. This increased workload might be causing stress leading to his current behavior. And then you get into the interpersonal skills. So you approach the situation with tact and effective communication, address the frustration in a non-confrontational manner, showing that you're coming from a place of care and understanding instead of just saying, hey, John, you stop talking during that meeting. You could say, say you find a quiet moment with John. Hey, John, I've noticed that you've been quiet today. Is everything all right? I just wanted to check in and see if there's anything you'd like to discuss or if there's any way I can support you. By addressing John's feelings proactively with emotional intelligence, you can foster open communication. John knows that he's noticed and that someone wants to hear him, which is what we all want at our workplaces and beyond. This not only assists John in navigating his emotions, but also prevents the frustration from escalating and potentially affecting your entire team's dynamic. John might open up about his stressors, leading to a constructive conversation that might help you get other things done in a better way. Alternatively, he might just appreciate a check-in and feel more understood and valued at work. Even if he chooses not to divulge much, the act of reaching out can often be enough to diffuse growing tension. And in this way, emotional intelligence helps proactively address potential issues and helps with a harmonious team environment and just boosts productivity. I hope we all want to be this person, but being the type of person that just reaches out, someone that a coworker can say they're frustrated to, just being someone that recognizes that things aren't perfect and things aren't going the way that they could, everyone needs that, even just the recognition of it. Next up, managing emotions. So once you've recognized your emotions, managing them is the next step. And here's how we do this. First is self-awareness. This is the foundational step, probably the foundational part of emotional intelligence. Before you can manage emotions, you need to be aware of them. So regularly check in with yourself throughout the day. Ask yourself how you're feeling and why. Over time, this builds emotional awareness. And then there's self-reflection and introspection. So this involves taking time to think about your emotions, trying to understand why you feel a certain way and what triggered those fears. Why am I nervous about this job interview? Maybe it's because you think you'll fail it. Why do you think you'll fail it? Is it because you're bad at job interviews? Is it because you feel that you haven't prepared enough? So on and so forth. Dedicate a few minutes every day, maybe before bed to reflect on your emotional experiences throughout the day. Next up is deep breathing and grounding exercises, physiological methods that can help regulate emotional responses, especially in high stress situations like being on the job search. When feeling overwhelmed, pause and take several deep breaths. Focus on the sensation of breathing. Grounding exercises like the 54321 technique that is identifying five things you can see, four that you can touch, three that you can hear, two that you can smell, and one that you can taste can also divert attention and bring you back to the present moment, you and your body in the room that you're in. Then there's positive reframing. This involves viewing challenges or negative situations from a different, more positive perspective. 
So when you're faced with a setback, ask yourself what you can learn from it, how it might lead to another unforeseen opportunity. Maybe you are denied a job that you really wanted. Remembering that you've been hired for a job before that you really enjoyed or that was a good job. You can do it again. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The technique from cognitive behavioral therapy involves change, challenging and altering distorted thoughts or overgeneralizations that can lead to negative emotions. When faced with a negative thought like, I always fail, challenge its validity. Do you always fail? Consider instances where you've succeeded or done well. Seeking feedback, sometimes others can provide insight into your emotional reactions or behaviors regularly ask trusted friends, family members, or colleagues for feedback on your reactions or behaviors. And again, there's journaling. Writing about your own emotions can help offer clarity and a different perspective. So dedicate a few minutes each day, even if it's just during your job search, to write about significant emotional experiences, your reactions, and your thoughts about them. For me personally, there's something about just moving something from my head to paper that clears my head. It's almost like you remove those bad things from your head and you get it somewhere else and that's where you can process them. That's been my experience with it and where it's been helpful for me. And there's a lot of other benefits to doing it as well, especially, like I said, in a stressful situation like a job search or a stressful environment like a bad interview. By understanding and sharing your feelings, you can sometimes better manage and contextualize your own emotions. So that job interview might have felt really bad, but it's not the worst thing that you've ever been through and you've gotten through that so you can get through this. When interacting with others, try and place yourself in their position to understand their feelings and viewpoints. Mindfulness and meditation, these practices involve staying present and fully experiencing the current moment engage in regular mindfulness exercises or meditation sessions. There are several apps and online resources to guide beginners, but they don't sponsor this podcast, so I'm not going to say their names. And they're seeking professional help. 
Sometimes emotions can be challenging to handle alone, especially if they're related to deeper issues or traumas. So consider seeking therapy or counseling to work through particularly challenging emotions or issues that remain top of mind. Next up is setting boundaries. And anyone that has boundary issues, maybe with family, uh, might be laughing or nodding their head at this time. Establishing limits can prevent emotional drain or burnout. So learn when to say no when needed and communicate your limits to others clearly. By incorporating these techniques into daily life, individuals can better manage their emotions, leading to improved relationships, better decision-making, and overall enhanced well-being. Next up, we'll talk about influencing emotions in others. Influencing emotions in others through emotional intelligence involves understanding, empathy, and effective communication to foster positive emotional states and behaviors in others. So here's a couple techniques. First is active listening. This is the act of fully concentrating, understanding, responding, and remembering what the other person is saying. When I talked at the beginning of the episode about my struggles with emotional intelligence, this was probably the biggest one. During conversations, focus entirely on the speaker. Avoid formulating your responses while they're speaking and give feedback only when they've finished. Show genuine understanding and share in the feelings of others. You can use phrases like, I can imagine how that made you feel, sounds like you're feeling, so on and so forth, to show understanding. Just letting someone know that you heard them and even just repeating back to them what they said validates what they said, lets them know that they've, they've been heard and maybe they haven't been heard before and they probably need it. Acknowledge and so validation is acknowledging and accepting another person's feelings even if you don't necessarily agree with their perspective. You can use statements like your feelings are valid or it's understandable that you feel that way given what you've been through. Nonverbal communication is huge. Using body language to convey understanding and positive intent, maintain good eye contact, nod occasionally to show understanding, and maintain an open body posture. Also, asking open-ended questions. These Questions require more than a yes or a no answer and can help the other person explore or express their feelings. Instead of asking, did that upset you? You might ask, how'd that make you feel? Of course, offering encouragement, providing positive reinforcement and motivation. Use phrases like, I believe you, you've handled challenges before, you've got this, or remember your strengths, remember what you're good at. You can also take other people's perspective, trying to see things from their point of view. Before responding, consider thinking about how you would feel in their situation or ask them directly, can you help me understand what happened or your viewpoint? Then there's the feedback loop. So ensuring understanding through feedback. After discussing a topic, reiterate key points and ask if your understanding matches theirs. Emotion coaching is guiding someone to recognize, understand, and manage their emotions. For someone struggling with anger, you might suggest techniques like deep breathing, just taking a break, or seeking feedback to manage their reactions, offering support, being there for someone in a way that they find helpful. You can ask, how can I support you right now? Or you can offer specific ways that you might actually be able to help. Positive reinforcement. 
you encourage desired behaviors by acknowledging and praising them. So recognize and appreciate when someone demonstrates behavior that you wish to encourage. Modeling emotional intelligence is leading by example by showcasing your own emotional intelligence. And I think a big part of this episode is that we've all had someone, maybe you've had a really good boss. Maybe you met someone who you really enjoyed talking to. They probably either consciously or unconsciously displayed really good emotional intelligence. They heard you or not so much that they heard you, they knew the right reaction for you in the situation that you were in, small things like that. So share experiences where you've managed your own emotions effectively or sought feedback to understand your own reactions. Influencing emotions in others does not mean manipulating them, but rather fostering a positive environment where individuals feel understood, valued, and supported by practicing these techniques, you can cultivate stronger, more understanding relationships, both personally and professionally. I hope that this helped, but the best thing I can share with you for emotional intelligence work doesn't come from me. The book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury and Gene Greaves is a book that everyone should own and read. You should own it. You can get it used on Amazon for like $3. I'll link to it in this episode's description. They're not a sponsor of the show. They don't know I'm talking about it. No, it's not one of those links where I make money if you buy it. None of that. I just pulled the link from Amazon. I'm going to put it in this episode's description. Go buy a copy and read it. Also, there's an emotional intelligence test I'd highly recommend you take as soon as possible. I think I took mine at talentsmarteq.com. I think that's the official site from the authors of the book. I'll link to that as well. I think it's free. Don't be mad at me if it's not. If it's not free, it should be pretty affordable, like 5 or $10. I'd highly recommend that you take that. Your emotional intelligence is probably better than mine, but you might find factors in there, the areas to improve. I talked about my own emotional intelligence at the beginning of the episode. This isn't something that I fixed. This is a lifelong thing that for myself and for you, take continuous improvement, application. I think a lot of it's just being patient with others and instead of being self-centered, instead of wanting to get to the core of a conversation and, and get to the point, hearing others, listening to them, understanding why they're telling you what they're telling you, it serves others and it will also serve you. And this all applies so much to your job interview. When people are asking you questions, understanding the state they're in, whether they're stressed or nervous or bored, and being able to read that and improve the situation. Be a good listener to them. Bring some energy into the room if needed, whatever that might be. As the lines of hard skills and soft skills blur in today's professional world, emotional intelligence stands as a cornerstone. Recognizing and managing emotions, both your emotions and others, can drastically enhance collaboration, decision-making, and overall well-being. So before your next interview, before your next day in the office, invest some of your time on learning and developing emotional intelligence skills. It will impact your interview, career, and personal relationships in one of the healthiest, most positive ways possible. Thank you for listening to the job interview experience. You're a great listener. You must have high emotional intelligence. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, 
you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes? Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. You just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.